Greetings to you all. Let's just greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. The people of the land. Ohana Ohana is the word for family from Hawaii. Kahu James, thank you very much for the invitation. Kahu Iseta, oh sorry, it's Esther, but I have always called her Iseta in Samoan. So, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, katoa. You know, this church has, has uh, 10 years ago we came, and uh, some of you, are, you know, we've all grown older, haven't we? <laughs> some are married now and have some kids in there, but uh, I remember just a few things. I remember the youth camp that we had, and uh, I was thinking about, you know, places you go to and, and, and just memories. And I remember during that youth camp that we had, uh, there was a time of ministry, plenty of time of ministry in that time. But I remember my kids had me come outside. It was a time of foot washing. And uh, my kids, it was the first time that they washed my feet. And then I reversed the role. But just, I, I share that to say that uh, we cannot take for granted the encounter of God. Because that's what we want. It's, not a, it's always an honor to come and speak. And there's the Joanim uh, leaders and worship, but never underestimate uh, just the power of God and what he wants to do in and through us. And I just remember that time at the youth camp was a special time for my kids, myself, for Ellie, and for the other participants. Also, I remember our staff team, we met over here, and uh, Joe just mentioned that this guitar here was from Paki at a time of giving. Awesome. And I know Paki served here for a number of years with his wife, Ashley. And uh, the other piece, you know, there's a, that I wanted to share this morning. I wanted to honor somebody. Kahu uh, Eseta. You know, there's a Maori proverb. And sometimes, you know, in a different language, it has more meaning. Does that make sense? I mean, you try and translate it in English, nah. It doesn't kind of have that, mm. But I'll, I'll share the Maori proverb. I'm not Maori, I'm Samoan, but I was brought up in New Zealand. That's why I speak pure English. So if you don't understand my English, I have my bodyguard over here, Caleb, who I just met. You can sort it out with him. But the Maori proverb reads like this. Haure te kumara e kōrero motona akereka. Haure te kumara e kōrero motona akereka. And the translation is the kumara, the sweet potato, which I'm pretty sure a lot of you have eaten, the sweet potato does not say how sweet it is. Or the sweet potato doesn't speak of its own sweetness. And this morning, I really want to honor Iseta publicly. She has served with us. We've served alongside. Um, and I, wanted to, I didn't want to go off the top of my head, but I just wanted to write some things. And she's a woman of integrity. Does that resonate with some of us in here or a lot of us? Um, she's very loyal and she serves with excellence. Uh, her humility, her fun nature, and much more. And I know for Ellie and myself, and many of our peers in that season of our life, he said, so when we serve together, I miss it. The time we used to go and have some local grinds, uh, local food, and have some ice cream in Kona, Hawaii. And now you're here, Eric, and your two keikis. Um, and to be honest, to truth be known, uh, Ellie and I, when we flew back from Cape Town yesterday, 
I had contacted Esther Isieta a while back. I said, I just want to come and visit you. She said, no, 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 no. We got it. So she, she set things up. But all I wanted to do was just to come and see her, Eric, meet Eric and their keiki. So I just really want to honor Isieta this morning. Uh, and publicly in front of you, you already know her, being here part of the fellowship and serving tirelessly for many, many years. And I just thank you for our friendship, Isieta. So as Kahu, Kahu's pastor in Hawaiian uh, read this morning, I'm going to unpack a little bit out of this, this uh, verse, 1 John 4, uh, verse 19. And, you know, for those who come and share up here, or even as I lead worship, or share whether here or anywhere, can only share out of our own conviction. Amen? I don't want to pull anything from iCloud, but I can only share out of, what I've had to walk through and the lessons, the plenty of mistakes that I have made that have shaped myself, and I'm not talking about my size. Some of you can laugh, it's okay. But uh, have, have shaped me, my wife, who's been with me 34 years, and all the different things that have been in our life that have, um, whether it be obstacles or whatever. And so this, this sharing this morning on the heart of the Father. It comes out of a conviction of what the Father did in my heart many years ago. So I want to play this clip. And as we watch this clip, um, I, it's got Korean subtitles because I, I use it when I share in bilingual schools, Korean English schools. And it was put together by a former staff person. Her mother uh, put the music at the beginning and added her piece, which I love. And she, t- she named it Inheritance. But I want to ask you this morning, as you watch this clip, Be asking the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? Amen? Not just watch it and say, oh, yeah, it's cool. But what are you saying to me? Because God, the way to a type of Holy Spirit, wants to minister to you and where you're at and connects with you of where we are each at. So this clip is a few minutes long. And then then when when it finishes, I'm just going to ask, and I'm going to ask that maybe one or two can just share you know, what it is that spoke to you. Doesn't, it's not a sermon, just kind of a top line or, or one word, what spoke to you in this clip. So, Eunice, if you can play the clip, please. says that there is nothing that you can do that would 
make him love you more. There is also nothing you can do that would make him love you less. He loves you because he loves you, 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 because that is what he is like. It is his nature to love. And you will always be the beloved. And his love is unchanging. And he loves you 100%. He won't love you any better when you become better. He loves you 100% right now. And even if you have no plans to become better, he will still love you 100%. Because he loves you because that's the way that he is. And even if you don't want to change, he will love you 100%. Even if you have no plans to walk with him, he will love you 100%. Because that's his nature. He loves all the way, all the time. His love is unchanging. What will change, says the Lord, is your ability to receive my love. And this evening, I want to cram some more of that ability inside you. So I challenge you, says the Lord, open your heart to me. Open your heart to me. And you will receive more of my love than you've ever experienced before. I dare you, says the Lord. Come on, open your heart to me. Give me your heart. Give me whatever your obstacle is. I'll take it. I'll remove it out of the way. Because I love you as you are right now. I love you 100% as you are right this moment. I love you as you are. So be loved. You are the beloved. It is your job, says the Lord, to be loved outrageously. It is why I chose you. That is why I set my love upon you that you would live as one who is outrageously loved, that you would receive a radical love, so radical, it'll blow all your paradigms of what you think love is. And no, says the Lord, I will love you outrageously all the days of your life because I don't know how to be any different. This is who I am. And this is who I will always be. This is the I am that I promised you. I am he that loves you outrageously. And you may love me back with the love that I give you. You may love me back outrageously with the outrageous love that I bestow upon you. And know this, says the Lord, you can only love me as much as you love yourself. So my love comes this evening to set you free from yourself. To set you free from how you see yourself. To set you free from the smallness of your own thinking about yourself. My love comes to set you free from rejection and from shame and from low self-esteem and from despair and from abuse. 
Because when I look at you, says the Lord, I see something that I love. I see someone that I can love outrageously. And I have so much to bestow upon you, so much to give you, so many places to take you in my heart. But you can't go there unless you allow me to love you. And my love for you will break every barrier, bring every wall crashing down. And know this, says the Lord, my love damages fear. My love hates fear. My love will fight fear. It will fight fear in you. It will fight fear around you. And if you have fear this evening, says the Lord, then know that you have a treat in store because my perfect love casts out fear. There is no fear where I am present because my love casts out fear. Beloved, you are my beloved. You are my beloved. And in my love, I want you to feel good about yourself. So anyone who loves Jesus can go first. If you're under 100 years of age, man or woman, you can go first. Yeah, so what speaks to you when you see this? Nice and loud, brother. Amen. Other thoughts? Zamori's saying, I'm going to say it, don't be shy. I've only been here a few minutes. You've been here longer together for plenty of years. So I know you talk. Let's, let's have some shares. Because, you know, what you might share could be catalytic for someone else. Amen? So what's down the back there? Nice and loud. Amen. Maybe one more. Say it again. Amen. Holy Spirit is very strong on this side. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come over here because I know greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world and it's in each and every one of us. Some thoughts. Sorry? Amen. I know none of you never used to play this game at school, but I used to play this game at school. You know, we'd go off for a walk, the guys and the girls. We were about 15, 16 years of age, maybe a group of seven. <clears throat> and we'd stand in a circle, and there'd be one of the girls in there that I like. So I'd bend down, brother, and I'd pick up a flower, and I'll give her the best rock look that I have. <laughs> then I'll begin to take off one pedal at a time, and the deepest voice that I have is a psalm I go, she loves me. She loves me. I know none of you have ever played that game. It doesn't work, okay? And then when it gets to the last pedal, I notice that it's going to finish on she loves me not. So I look around for another, because I don't want to finish here, and I pick up another one. 
Where's Gina? Gina, don't want to stand up, Gina. You know, Gina, the father would look at you. He'd have a flower in his hand. And he'll take off one pillow at a time. And he's eye to eye with you. Knowing where you're at as a young lady who loves the Lord. Knowing where you're at right now. And he'll look at you and he'll take off one pillow at a time. Not with his rock look, but with the look of the father. And he'll go, Gina. Why does he say our name? Why does he say your name? Because we're called by name. He says, Gina, I love you. 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 And by now you're thinking, oh, Ben, can you look somewhere else? Because it's pretty awkward. (laughs) But you think, have a seat, Gina. But you see, the awkwardness is not on God. It's on us. We move. See, some of the words as I unpacked this morning that were shared here, it's easy, some thoughts of, uh, from this clip, it's easier to know he loves somebody else than oneself. His nature is to love. His radical love for us. He wants to love us outrageously all the days of our life. I am he that loves us. And he wants us to love him back with the love that he gives us. But it's so important, Ohana, family. Because see, when I say this word love or Abba Father, we all have a different grid. Amen? When I say his love, some might have been If I say it, your father or mother might not have been there growing up, absent. You might have been fostered out as a child, an orphan. You might have been brought up by a sister, a brother, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent. So it's so important that we define love this way. Amen? That, Father, as you show me your love for me, then I come from this biblical worldview. Because sometimes, you know, I think of him from the Samoan perspective. From your Korean American, from our diaspora perspective. From the things that have influenced us in our lives perspective. Our life has added into how we see love. But we have to define this love that comes this way. As I was thinking about this morning, I was thinking about this particular service. Because a lot of you, I know Caleb had shared to me three to six-year-olds. Is that correct? Uh, that he goes and serves in. And a lot of you would go and serve. And I was thinking, what's for this service? And then I was thinking about this journey that I've been on. And, a lot, and let me just come at it this way. I love serving the Lord. Is it hard sometimes? Yes, it is. Come on. Okay? We're going to talk straight, straight. Amen? Is that all right? Three of you. Okay. <laughs> Been ministering this topic of the Father Heart of God for plenty of years. Not because I'm a perfect father. Ask my four kids. Have the privilege to travel around and do different things. Not because I'm rich. Because I've just, Ellie and I have just, Lord, what are you saying? And if he says to go here, then we do all that we can to get there. 
And I'm not saying it from a place of being a hero. It's just hearing and obeying what he's saying. See, a lot of you ministering in the children's program, ministering, serving here in the church. Kahu James, as he serves here, as he spends time in the quiet place, it's not just turning up here to church, turning on the lights, turning on the fans, ready to go. Because might he might have just had an argument with his wife, and he can't just come up and go, morning church, how are you? I know none of you have ever done that. But this Christian walk that we walk is hard at times. But let me say this. It's the best thing I've ever done. Because it's legit. It's real. It's transforming. So a lot of us serve in different areas here in the church. So a few years ago, I was traveling. Okay, being now. And I was in a beautiful nation of Denmark. Cold. I try not to go to places when it's cold. Someone told me February in Europe is cold. They lied. It's freezing. And I was there, and I was having my time with the Lord. Good time. And then he asked me this question, the father, Isieta. He said, Ben, why do you love me? Funny question. It's like I've been ministering for many years, leadership roles, Serving on the University of the Nations campus, serving on discipleship training schools alongside Ali. And the Lord asked me, Ben, why do you love me? And then I just began to remind him, well, you know, I'm a Waiwema. Uh, I tithe. Uh, I've been serving you for plenty of years, and you know, uh, I've learned a lot of lessons. And I said a few more things. What seemed like for me, a long time was only three minutes. It went quiet. See, the Lord knows us better than we know ourselves. He knows what we need at any given time. Sometimes we don't want that. <laughs> I'm laughing with you, okay? We don't want that, but he knows this is good for you. And then the Lord asked me a second time, Ben, why do you love me? Then I repeated some of the things I just said, and I tried to add in a couple more, and I even threw in a verse, just in case God forgot some verses in the Scriptures. Quiet. Then the third time he asked me, Ben, why do you love me? And by now my attitude had went, and I went, why are you asking? I know none of you have done that. Quiet. See, God knew, even though I've been ministering for plenty of years, doing different things. He knew that there was something in my character that he could see that I couldn't see. He's full of compassion and he wants to woo us in where we're at because he loves us. So I carried on serving and training and teaching. But a couple of years later, just I can't remember where I was, and I was having my quiet time, and then the second question came, and it was this, Ben, why do you serve me? Well, Jesus came to serve, not to be served. You know, I thought I'd start off with a scripture. Then I, I love to serve, uh, wash the toilets, do the dishes, 
uh, serve at children's program. You even know the only action song I know is Father Abraham. Um, I love to serve the pastor, uh, serve my wife. I felt like it was like a long time, but it was only like five minutes. And then he asked me a second time, Ben, he's just calm, man. Why do you serve me? And I carried on saying different things. And the third time he asked me, and I went, why are you asking me? And then as I carried on teaching, doing different things, this verse that was read out this morning, I was reading, read these passages. You know, have you ever like read through the word and it doesn't kind of hit you at that time, a verse? Then you read it again, it's like, oh, 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 that one. Or maybe the Holy Spirit highlighted them, but you're like in one ear, out the other. And I was reading 1 John 4, 7 to 21. Perfect love casts all fear in verse 18. But it was that verse that was read out this morning. We love because he first loved us. See, God knew that there was a, there was a, like a, Something that I was going to stumble over that he had to highlight. See, Ohana, this is what he began to unpack to me. As I love him, as we love him, as we serve him in the different ministries that he has asked you to serve him. You cannot love him and serve him from a place of position. You cannot love and serve him from this place of right. My right, it's a privilege. It's an honor. It's not enough as Joe leads worship. You can't serve him as he leads us this morning worship with a team. It's not to be, look at me, people, look at me in my beautiful voice, which he has got a beautiful voice. You cannot serve him just from this place of, I just want to worship you, God. I just want to serve you, God. I just want to tithe. I want to go and help feed the homeless. I want to go help in the food bank. I want to go and help mow someone's lawn. I want to help give $20 to someone when they got no money. That's all good stuff. Everything that I've shared in that regard is good stuff. But there's more. It's got to come from this place that you know, that you know, that you know. Not because I'm Samoan New Zealander. Not because you're Korean American. Not because you know how to play the guitar or you know how to preach. Or you're going to do children's program. It's all good stuff, but it's got to go deeper than that. That our number one motivation, Ohana, because he loves us first. That's it. So then if a role, if you're going for a role in the church, you think, you know, I've done this children's program for quite a few years. It's time for me to move up. Move up is to go, how low do you go? You go lower. Amen. And you're thinking, man, I need to get this position here. I'm in line for it because I'm second. And it doesn't come to you. Woo! I speak out of my own conviction because I know it's happened to me. What's our heart posture? Because what's in our heart, Ohana, will come out. It might not look pretty too. But we've got to know that identity is not in what we do. Identity is not in because my mom and dad go to the church over here. I'm a PK kid. But I can't bounce on my mum and dad. I have to find out for myself. Why do we serve? To be recognized? Can't be. 
Because you want to move up? Can't be. Why do I love God and lead out and worship? Because people, I want people to see me. Can't be. I love you, God, because you first loved me. That's the only reason. Because then if you get passed by in a position, our response in the kingdom, if it goes to someone else, hard as it is, hallelujah. I celebrate for that individual. Amen? Because that's the response of the kingdom. What is our salt, saltiness going to be like if we can't work it out here in our ohana? What saltiness are we going to bring in the world if we can't work it out here? I always champion people in this. If there's a conflict in your life, if you're out of relationship with maybe one of your peers, if you're upset at someone, I charge you to do this. Walk towards it in love. Because the only one's winning, the only person who is winning if you're still in conflict is the enemy. Because he'll have a field day. And I'm not speaking out of iCloud, I'm speaking out of my own conviction. At times where, and I know none of you have felt like this, selfish, prideful, self-centered. Times when I've let that steer the way I should respond. Gee, God knew, Ben, I want to show you something. What you're doing and serving here and loving here and sharing, it's good. But I felt my motivation had gone off. God knew, sorry, God knew that my motivation was beginning to slightly shift. And in his love for me, he wanted to get my attention. I take my hat off to you, if I had a hat on. And I salute you who work in the backdrops of this church. God the Father sees you. Times when you don't feel recognized. You don't feel acknowledged. God, the Father sees you. Why do you love him? Because he first loved you. Why do you serve him? Not because of Pastor James or the other pastors here. But you serve because, A, he loves me. And it's my joy. Easy said than done, though, eh? Because, you know, the flesh and the spirit always fighting. Always in contention. Am I... Is this making sense in my English? All right? I can get Esther because she served in New Zealand to translate. As you do what you do, know that you're loved. There was this girl in the kingdom of Tonga of sharing on this topic of the Father. I'm going to wrap with this story. Because I think it's for someone in this room. It's a bilingual school. And I always leave room for people to share what's happening in their life. And um, this girl came up to the front and she sat on the seat and she began to unpack what God was showing her that week. And some of the things that she unpacked, very vulnerable, who loves to be vulnerable in the kingdom? Yeah, nah. Trans- yeah, nah. And she began to unpack. Uh, she's a very short girl, and she said, you know, at home, she was always the joke. She was always the brunt of short jokes. Always laughed at. If there was a play at school called Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, well, she had seven chances to get one of the other parts. 
So she finished sharing, and I was standing there, and I was asking the father, how do you want to minister to this young lady? And uh, Tonga's quite into the Bible. They know the Bible. And then the father says to me, Ben, get her a mirror. And I'm wrestling up the front with my aloha smile, looking at everyone like this, and I'm saying to God, that's not good enough, God. These are Bible people. Get her a Bible. Won't cut it. You know what I mean? Those times you kind of have a wrestle with God, and I'm smiling like this, and then God, slow to anger, full of compassion, because he knows the download, amen? As you're ministering to the kids, you think, why am I doing this? He knows the rest of the story. We just got to be obedient. So long story short, I asked the class, one of the girls runs and she gets a mirror. And that was all that God asked me. First instruction. And so I gave her the mirror. Remember, she just downloaded to the class her shame, amen, her embarrassment. And I said to her, as God led me to say, ask her, Ben, as she holds the mirror like this, to say these words. I like myself. And I'm wrestling now like, oh my gosh. But our job is to hear and obey what God is saying. Because he knows how to connect with this young lady. So I say to her, can you just try this? Can you look in the mirror and say these words? And you know what she did? When I told her that, she went, she looked at me like, seriously? Like, can I just sit down? And I said, just, just roll with me. So she holds the mirror. And this is what she does. Just like as you're looking at me. She holds it here and watch my eyes. She goes, I like myself. I, and Esset has been to the Lafa Lafa base in Tonga. And see, Tongans, Islanders, maybe like you, it doesn't take much for us to laugh. Is that right? And I just heard one of the Tongan guys begin to go, in his broken English, I like you. And I could see, oh man, this room's going to erupt in laughter. And I could see her and I could feel like she's just offloaded her shame. She's like, can we just try this again? Just, again, she's like, oh. So she trusted me. And this is what happened. See, we want an encounter with the living God. Amen? He'll meet us somewhere we're at. She holds the mirror up. And she goes a second time. I like, oh my gosh. She brings her hands up. She touches her nose. She goes, Look at that nut, beautiful nose, those cheeks. She shakes her head. She goes, oh, look at you. You look so, wow, I'm glad I wore that top. It looks so nice on me. Wow. And I'm standing over here. And the translator's over here, and I'm moving around because I want to look in the mirror. But you see, Ohana, when the revelation comes for that person, it's that person. Amen? Truth plus revelation brings transformation. And she's looking in the mirror, and I come around, and I look, and all I see is her. And she's going, just speaking to herself, affirming herself, not in a prideful manner, but something was happening. See, Johanna, when we allow the Holy Spirit to anchor in us, everyone say anchor. Anchor. There's a transaction that takes place, like in Isaiah 61. Beauty for ashes. The oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. 
So she begins to go off and she, I watch and she brings the mirror closer with the other hand and she tilts it like this. And she goes, wow, look at you. You look so good. Those ears, they're here. And she just stopped. She's not weeping. It's just a, a moment right there and then. The class is quiet and some of the guys want to come and look in the mirror. And this is what took place. For the first time in her life, for the first time in her life, she allowed the Father, as she looked into the mirror, to see his heart for her. He was saying to her, honey, that nose, my nose, <laughs> those ears, my ears, those cheeks, my cheeks, you're mine, you're mine. Well, Hannah, this morning, as you listen to this clip this morning, he loves you not because of your service or how many times you read the word, how many times you listen to podcasts on good teaching. I'm not knocking it. That's not what I'm saying. It's good. But it can't be just the motivation. He loves you because he first loved us. Full stop. So when we let that anchor in our hearts, does that mean we're going to be exempt when obstacles come? No. Does that mean we're going to be exempt from obstacles like jealousy that arise, competitiveness that arise? No, we're not. But we have an Abba Father that we can anchor on that's going to help us because we serve and we love because he first loved us. Amen? Can you hold hands with the person next to you? Oh, don't. Now, can you hold hands with the person next to you? And the reason I do that is because, Ohana, you cannot do it by yourself. We need each other. So, Father, this morning as we hold hands, we say this in the face of the enemy. We need each other. We thank you, Father, we haven't got this big superman or superwoman thing up here that we can do it on our own strength. But we come from this place of humility. We come from this place that I can do things, all things through Christ who strengthens me. So, Father, I thank you for this ohana here and the service that they're bringing here to this church. That, Lord, let this word anchor. We love because you first loved us. Father, let it anchor. Let us run with it. Let us chew on it. Mess us up on the inside, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen.